there's complexity in creating a simplistic model. It's easy to just throw ideas out there and just a jumbled mess, but it's a lot harder to purge, understand what's important, what you need to purge and what you need to keep. That is something that mentor or someone professional can help guide you through. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. My great to wealth listeners, if you own and manage real estate, maybe you're ready for a lifestyle change. By selling your real estate, of course, you may have to pay substantial capital gain taxes. One option that may help you solve this is to learn about doing a 1031 tax deferred real estate exchange because you may be able to defer all of the capital gain taxes and you could even exchange into a replacement property that may allow you to get rid of all of the headaches that are involved with being an active landlord. My friend Ray Druitt is a managing director with Bangerter Financial Services and his goal is to help you understand all of the rules associated with 1031 exchanges. To learn more, you may call him directly at 801-312-9482. Once again, it's 801-312-9482. Or you may visit his website at 1031.bangerterfinancial.com slash 1031guy. Please be sure to see disclosures in the show notes. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today, we have the pleasure to talk to somebody who I consider an expert at creating your personal brand and professional brand through non-static content. Most of us know them as videos. His name is Armando Luduk. How are you, Armando? Fantastic, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome, buddy. Did I butcher your last name? The Duke. The Duke. I love that. So, Armando, yeah. tell us one thing before we actually dive into the details of the word migrate to wealth when you heard it for the first time. What does that mean to you? It sounds like a mindset shift. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like we're packing our bags and we're going to relocate to a whole different part of the country. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. It's the example you gave was more of a physical move, but the first you said was mindset move. It's really in your mind, you're going from one place to another place, and the next place is wealthier than before. And the way we define the word wealth is very different as well. We're not talking about monetarily. We're talking about freedom of choices, right? We're talking about your mind, your body, your relationships, your money also, because you need that. And last but not the least, your contribution. We're basically looking at, hey, how can we make you into a five-dimensional superhuman if we were given the freedom to do that? We're excited, Armanda, to have you on. And one of the biggest reasons I've actually excited you is I'm going to use this time with you, if that's okay, for more of a personal consulting, which is the pleasure of being a host on a podcast, right? But before we go there, I give a very quick teaser. Tell us what you do really and how you got to do what you got to do. So I help entrepreneurs, performers, creative people use our strategy of video to help shed a light on what they do and how they help the world in a nutshell. And how I got here, I started in 98 in my acting career doing stage got forced into it by a friend of mine, loved it, changed my life. And so I've been doing theater and film and television since 98, moved to New Orleans to pursue my acting career on film because they had a bunch of tax credits here and you know, got to do several projects with Will Smith, Nicolas Cage, uh, Margot Robbie. It's been an amazing journey. I still act, but I got behind the camera because I just 
wanted to see how everybody was kind of, kind of doing the story creation mm -hmm. and uh, loved that and started making my own films and took that concept of storytelling and brought it into this corporate and creative environment and going, okay, how can we tell stories? Because stories are the best thing that people are going to remember. Stories tell and they help you really visualize a person, right? An event. Mm -hmm. And so how can we take those storytelling elements and infuse it into social media, websites for content purposes and really use that spotlight? Love that. Love that. So Armando, did I catch you correctly? At the core of it, what really excited you was how to communicate using stories. Is Correct. that the core essence of that? Help me understand yes. that. And I think I've asked a few different audiences that we have, a few different guests that we have had before, as in, what is the big reason why stories resonate with us so well? What's the science behind it? The science behind stories? I don't have a PhD in it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but when you're trying to convince someone, when you're trying to affect someone, when you're trying to sell someone, when you're trying to change someone's mind, get them emotionally involved, get them to take action. All of this is done through stories because what stories allows us to do as human beings is to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes. Mm. And that helps me resonate with someone. For instance, I just, did you watch the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix? I haven't yet. I have a feeling I will be watching it tonight. It's great. An employee of mine quit today as a result of a story that I was telling him. And it was oh, great. Wow. It was great that he quit. And I'll tell you why. Because in this documentary, Johnny Manziel, amazingly talented quarterback from Texas A&M, right? First freshman quarterback to ever win the Heisman. Quit college to go pro in his quit sophomore year, went pro, got drafted in the first round by the Cleveland Browns, and proceeded to self-sabotage himself so much that like they let him go and everybody just yeah. communicated themselves from him. And so his retelling of why this all happened and subconsciously why he decided to do that. He never felt like he wanted to do those things and was always kind of being forced into situations, right? And my employee just told me that like he felt like he was being forced into a situation, not because I was forcing him, but because he felt like he owed me like he was indebted to me because I've helped him out so much that he right. should stay in this position. And so through uh. that story, he came up, he had an epiphany and he was like, Armando, I have to quit because I don't want to be doing this with my life. And I was like, hallelujah, man. That's amazing. An amazing quitting experience. And look, I have amazing relationships with all of my employees because I always use storytelling as a tool to help them understand that this isn't the end all be all. I understand that they're not going to be here for forever yeah. and that's okay. Right? So like, don't ever feel like you have to be obligated to stay here and here's why, and here's a story, right? So that's a story that empowered him to make a move that's going to yeah. change his life. And there are fork in the road moments, what we call inciting incidents, right? And the inciting incident is when you're trudging along, you're the protagonist of your own story, right? And you're at home, at work, at life, right? This is how you operate. Boom, something comes in. Maybe a, an accident, maybe a death in the family, maybe you got fired. There was something, an inciting mm -hmm. incident that propels you onto the journey, 
right? And then the journey yeah. is us following, right? And then the resolution is what did they learn? Are they better off or are they worse off from this inciting incident? And that's storytelling in, oh my goodness, in a nutshell. Yeah. You know? So when you can infuse that, into your social media, into your website. If you can start using story, people are going to remember that faster than if you're just giving them facts. So I always like to say, hey, here's the lesson. Shroud it in a story, right? And then at the end of it, give them the lesson again, right? Lesson, story, lesson. You're saying it's such a simple thing. I was going to ask you, are you born being a storyteller or can you learn to tell a story? I think some people are better storytellers than others. To understand my storytelling ability, you have to understand how I grew up. My family is super competitive in terms of volume and interesting and being interesting. Huh. If you are not interesting, you're going to get talked over. If you have something to say, it better be interesting. <laughs> you better keep my attention, right? So you learn very quickly how to tell these stories so that you can butt yourself into the conversation so you don't get left. But I think that people are always telling stories. Oh, my God, let me tell you this story. Let me tell you what just right. happened with so-and-so. People are spilling, you know, quote-unquote tea, right? So, hey, let me tell you the tea, right? That's a story. Oh, my God, did you hear that blah, 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 blah? That's a story. So I think we're all story-based, right? That's how we normally interact with stories. So I don't think it's that difficult. I think that once you have a camera on you, you start to get that imposter syndrome. You start yeah. to get more critical and all the inner critic stuff starts to come out. Yeah. And that, I think, prevents you from the goal of actually telling the story because you get too caught up with all of your own crap that you're forgetting what the whole point is. And the whole point is to share the story because it's going to resonate with someone and it might change yeah. their life. Like they might hear that one thing that gets them to take action and boom, they're forever changed as a result. That's true. Armando, in terms of, let's shift gears here. Let's talk about the tactics here, right? So when we talk about telling a story, now you could tell a story in three hours, like a movies in India. You could tell a story like Hollywood movies, an hour and a half. You could tell a story in YouTube shorts. You can tell a story in so many different ways, right? And the arch of the story that you talked about, or the three components of the framework you talked about is lesson, story, lesson, Right. If you want to do it right, it could take you three hours. When I say do it right, as in do it right the way you think is right. You yeah. think you're very interesting. Each of us think we have such an interesting story. Someone's going to spend their three hours. And I have two girls, seven and nine. They tell a story. I'm like, okay, what's the punchline? It's getting there. It's been 10 minutes. We've been listening to the story. We're like this person did this and then this person. Did. I'm like, what's going on? Right. And they get in pictures like, you never let us tell a story. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's how the world is. But you'll learn it eventually. So when somebody's trying to tell a story in an impactful way, could we say that there are five different platforms? When I say platform, doesn't mean social media platform. That you have a story which has a very surface level impact. And there's a story that is a lot of tactical knowledge built into it. There are frameworks. There's more deep dives into it that you have to take more time versus, hey, you know what? I could spend three hours, but I can literally tell you a story in 15 seconds and the messaging is going to be as powerful as that. So how do you distinguish between what's the length of the story? Because as I see, the attention span is of a goldfish now, like three, five, 10 seconds. If I didn't get you there, I'm gone. You're not even watching it. 
So how does that work? Yeah. Well, you got to have a good hook. That's the first and foremost. What is the headline? Why are people going to pay attention? So that's first, like the hook's got to be there. Woman rips her butthole and then sues her, sues the company for, I don't know, half a million dollars. So this story, I remember now because (laughs) one of my clients, their work injury rights company in Florida, they told me a story where I was, I was like, well, tell me an interesting story and how much could they expect and blah, 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 blah. And oh, well, this woman ripped her butthole. And I was like, what? Right. And like got a half a million dollars from it. And I was like, that's something you'll remember. Right. So that's the headline. Right. Then you talk about the story. This is what happened. Yada, yada. And then we were able to get her blank. Mm. So now somebody's going to remember that. Are you going to forget a story like that? Probably not. And so now when I'm thinking about a work injury, like say I get hurt on a construction site or something, and I remember that story, I'm going to go with that that, work injury firm. There's complexity in the simplicity though. I was talking to a friend of mine, (laughs) colleague, because I'm trying to help him sort of take his concept of a business and make it streamlined right? And like package it neatly so that people understand it because confused people don't buy, right? If you confuse someone, they're out. So how do I package it so that it's streamlined and that not at every single point do they have to reach out to Carlos for him to answer a question, right? Like, no, this is it. This is our little story from beginning to end. This is our assembly line. And when somebody comes through here at the end, this is the result that they get. But that's easier said than done because there's complexity in creating a simplistic model, right? It's easy to just throw ideas out there and just a jumbled mess, but it's a lot harder to purge, understand what's important, what's not important, what you need to purge and what you need to keep, right? I think that is something that mentor or someone professional can help guide you through. And that's why I totally believe in mentorship. You should totally have someone that's been there that can help create the strategies for you so that you can use that to streamline the processes. Yeah, definitely. And thank you for saying that because I think what, let's keep the theme of simplicity, but yes, I completely agree that it's way more complex than to cover. The topic is way bigger than to cover in a 20, 30 minute podcast, but this is more of giving a glimpse into it. And maybe we'll have you back on as a series of how to create a story or we can talk about that offline. I think there'll be a good series to do that. When we're talking about a hook, and a story, and a lesson, right? So we talked about three different things. So I want to simplify things for our listeners here. We talked about lesson, story, lesson, and then we talked about hook, story, ask, or hook, story, or something that they leave in. Are these two things different? Lesson, story, lesson, versus hook, story, or I don't even know what the framework would say that. I think it's a subtle call to action. But how are these two frameworks different? Are they exactly the same? What is the purpose right? Why are you telling the story? Because you can tell stories for many different reasons. You can tell a story to get them to take action. You can tell a story to inspire. You can tell a story to motivate. You can tell a story to try and change someone's perspective. You can tell a story to entertain, right? Just purely entertainment, right? Like when you go and watch a comedy show, there's no call to action. I guess the call to action is laugh now, right? (laughs) That's the call to action. It's not a manipulative thing 
It's more just entertaining. And there's structure in comedy as well, right? Like yeah. I've read comedy books just to get into the mindset of like, how do you structure a story in terms of like a comedy set? Right. And the comedy set takes you through the overarching journey, right? That's your overall objective, the whole story. But in between, you better have them laughing. Those are the little right. punchlines in between that keep them there so that they're there for the entire journey, right? Like you were talking about your daughters get to the point, right? They don't necessarily need to get to the point if they can keep you entertained. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. So keep us engaged with surprises, comedy, insight, entertainment, changing perspectives throughout. And then you're there. And then like, man, by the time they're at the end, they're like, wait, oh, wow. The story is done. Holy crap. I didn't even know that. Mm. Like, I'm so enthralled. I'm so, once again, I'm oversimplifying something that's yeah. extremely. Someone like you, you've spent your entire life perfecting that craft. And I'm sure there's still room for improvement. I'm still uh, not there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I don't like, think that anyone help. gets there, right? Because a part of that is yeah. your audience is evolving. Right? They're changing on a daily yeah. basis. There was no social media 20 years ago. So the way you told right. the story was very different than you tell now because the attention span has shortened and shortened and shortened. If you're not in the toilet, if you can't use your thumb to do the YouTube shorts anymore, it's not enough. I don't want to listen to the 40-minute lecture from somebody about something that I, somebody can tell me in a YouTube short. Unless, yeah. though, it's somebody that you respect. Definitely. Like, you will sit. I'll sit in a 40 or a three-hour session if it's somebody that I respect, right? So then let's talk about that. So part of it is a story that's being told. The other part of it is who is telling that story? Whose story is that, right? right. So while the art of storytelling is one thing, so it's like a chicken and the egg situation. Do you want to tell a lot of stories so to gain people's respect or do you want to first build respect and then tell stories? Or they both happen together? I think that you, the act of doing it creates more credibility and trust, right? Like mm. you can't get the credibility and trust if you haven't gone through it. But here's the thing. You just know that it's not going to be all that great at the beginning. If you know that going right. in, then it's okay. But as you do it, you get better at it. And then you figure out your story. I taught actors for the longest time, right? And I think part of being a good actor is being okay with yourself, the biggest thing that I ever learned in any acting class, and I've taken them all, Stella Adler, Uta Hagen, The Method, Stanislavski. But when I took improv, like improv changed the game. The three rules of improv are say yes and, right? So if me and you are building a story together, if you say something, hey, son, how's it going? I'm not going to go, you're not my father, right? Cuts the story, right? Yeah. We're building together. We're building the blocks. You can bring that into your personal life. You can bring that into your business life. Saying yes and is just going to grow something, right? Instead of break, shutting it down. Second thing is say the first thing that comes to your head. And saying the first thing that comes to your head means to trust your instincts, to trust that what you're saying is not dumb, to trust what you're saying is not interesting. And whatever, like however people receive it, that's not your job right? Like that's not what you should be concerning yourself with. Your concern is to live your truth, to live how you want to speak and your audience will find you as a result, right? And then the third one is make your partner look like a rock star, 
If I make you look like a rock star, the people that are around me, I can make them look like rock stars and I can pour into them and make them look cool. Then I'm going to have the confidence that I need to be who I need to be. And that's how we build story together from an improv basis. But I've used these three rules, 100% like something that you can take with you and everything. But I think that if you want to grow your brand, you have to start looking inward and figuring out who you are. And the figuring out of who you are is through the content creation process. It doesn't come, you can't learn a bike by buying the best bike and buying the ticket to the race and buying the helmets and all of that. If you don't ride the bike, you're never going to get good at riding the bike, right? right? So don't just sit there thinking and pontificating, just get on the bike and start riding it. So Armando, how does one do that? So our listener base is pretty wide. There are employees, there are folks who have self-employed, there are lawyers, CPAs, and there are entrepreneurs. So if you were to give a pretty generic framework to somebody, so in the next 30 days, if somebody were to focus on this, what they're hearing from you, and they want to go deeper into it and figure out what their voice is, what their story is, get comfortable with themselves, what should they do in the next 30 days? Every day, every minute, what are they doing? I don't want you to prescribe another... 20, 30 hours of conversation, but kind of like a high level framework of what are the top 10, 15 things they can do? I would take an assessment. There's a really good book it's called The Six Types of Working Genius, mm-hmm. right? And The Six Types of Working Genius, the acronym is Widget. It's wonder, invention, discernment, galvanizing, enablement, and tenacity. And in the book, it says people have two strengths, two things that fill them up, Mm -hmm. And then two things that drain them. Not that they can't do it, it just drains them. So wonder are people that are like always wondering about the world, how things work, right? They're always having a lot of questions. Inventors are people that have ideas all day, 30 ideas per minute. That's me, (laughs) idea man all the time. (laughs) Discernment are people that are good at discerning whether or not an idea is good, right? Mm -hmm. It's just they're really good instinct people. They can tell if something's not right, right? Then you have galvanizing people that are good at motivating others. I'm high I and then high galvanizing. Enablement are people that are good support systems, right? They don't need the spotlight, but they're good to enable and help the team. And then tenacity are people that need to see projects all the way through, right? right. So I would get an assess. You can get this assessment done, the six types of working genius, and I don't get paid anything to promote them. I just think it's an amazing tool mm-hmm. to figure out what your strengths are, right? What you're passionate about. What can you speak on at length? Mm-hmm. Could be video games, could be travel, could <clears throat> be money, could be mindset, business, relationships. Like there's so many different types of content out there, right? So, Pick two or three what we call content pillars, right? And then that's what you talk about. Pick up the phone, point it at yourself, and say, hey, guys, today I'm talking about how to be a better husband to your wife, Mm -hmm. right? These are the things that I do. Step one, two, three. Follow me more if you want. Follow whatever. I'm just putting this content out. Hopefully it resonates with you. I'm going to start posting more videos. That's one. And then you post Mm -hmm. it. Second day, if you like traveling or if you're a foodie, oh my God, I went to the best restaurant today. It's called Superior Seafood. Amazing. I got the Chapatulas chicken. Awesome. The environment was amazing. Highly recommend this place. All right, guys, later. Wednesday, you want to talk about child rearing. 
right? Guys, if you're having trouble putting your kid to bed, these are some things that I do. I start at 7 p.m. on the dot. I keep a routine. I make sure that I remove all electronics, you know, and, yeah. and just stick with the routine and they're in bed. And, you know, so I hope that helps you out. That's three days of content. That's not that bad, man. I mean, you made it sound so easy, Amanda. It's not that difficult. I think people get too caught up in, like I said, that imposter syndrome. Who am I to be giving this information? So I was going to ask you that question. So let's see. I mean, in your example that you gave, we'll use those examples as a conversation starter here. But in your example, you already are a good husband, or you're projecting that image, and you're saying, these are things I do, right? And is there a way to help people get over the fact that they may not be the best husband, but they're trying? right? They have thought about it, how to be a good husband. Right. And it's a path to improvement because you'll never be a good, great husband because the bar is going to get keep raising anyways. For those of us who are married, they know that. And that works both sides, not just to the wives, the husbands also, the bar is going to continue to raise. So how can we bring that, calm that imposter syndrome? Because the imposter syndrome really happens is you're trying to project a perfect image and you know deep inside, or you think deep inside, you're not perfect. My kids are a mess. Who am I to tell people about parenting? Or my relationship with my spouse sucks or my partner sucks. Why am I going to talk about this? Health, why am I going to do this? So you can have so many reasons of not to. Is there a framework that you know has worked where you're able to get people off of the impulse? Because the part of the thing is once they get started and they see that it really doesn't matter, it'll be easier to <laughs> caught on that momentum and continue going. But it's hard to move past that imposter syndrome. For some. 100% agree with you. I think what makes a great husband is the continuous work to be a good husband, right? I think that that's what makes a great husband. And that to that point, I think that that's what makes good content creators is that they're constantly working at telling better stories and getting it out there. Writing, I took a writing class in LA once. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the teacher, but he told me that writing is rewriting right? Mm. So write for the wastebasket, write for the trash can, right? So if you're going to create content, create content for the waste bin, create content to not put it out. Mm. Just create content. And through that process, you'll start to gain the confidence you need to like put it out there. So maybe that's what you do. Maybe you shoot a few of these and you don't put it out. You just shoot it for you. And then I like that. you'll get the impulse to like, you know what, this time I'm going to post it. And I can promise right. you, your friends and family, they're going to like, they'll comment on it. Oh, wow. I like this. You know, right. Get the, the confidence <clears throat> you need to keep going. Amanda, this has been very helpful, man, for me also, because I have a block on the video. I had a block on starting the podcast. I'm like, I hate my voice. One day I woke up, I'm like, I'm just doing it. I did it. And right now we have That's a awesome. top 1.5% ranked platform as of this date. And there's something preventing me on the video now. That's what I was saying. I'm going to use this as a personal consulting. Good. So I need to make sure that I can get over that and I can get behind that, that create the content to not put out. And one day you'll realize you've done enough content and you're actually starting to improve because if you don't work on a muscle, it's going to get atrophied anyways. So that helps. So I love that. Armando, what has been your favorite story that you were able to give us a case study from when you got engaged with a client to help them tell a story, what their story looked like, what their framework looked like, to what the final outcome looked like for them. 
if you don't disclose any client identities, just make it up. I don't mind it. I'll tell you the people too, so that you can look them up. Because I also think that that's super important. I think that stories without verification, especially if it's a true story, is disingenuous. Yeah. Perfect. There's some sort of deceit, deceit. happening, yeah. you know, and I don't like that. So I will tell you the story. So three years ago during COVID, a friend of mine reached out. His name is Lewis Scott. He's in Atlanta. Mm-hmm has an amazing personal injury firm named Bader Scott, right? Mm-hmm. And Bader Scott was making, I think at the time, around $20 million, right, a year. And during COVID, he was like, wow, let me create a consulting firm called Eight Figure Firm so I can teach other attorneys how to scale their businesses to eight sure. figures. And so he reached out to me and said, hey, Armando, I want to <clears throat> do some videos, right, on creating content for these attorneys. And at the time I had only been doing like one-offs, right? Like a commercial here, commercial there. I had never gone in and like shot 60, 70 pieces of content in one day. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, it was foreign, but I learned, we started putting it out and he was at startup in September of 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. He started working with an attorney in Orlando, Audrey Chisholm, who's a nonprofit attorney. And he took her business from $700,000 a year in revenue to $2.4 million in six months. In six wow. months. Yeah. So I shot the <clears throat> testimony. I was like, Lewis, that's the one piece of content that we need to like explode your business, right? Because yeah. we had already been like doing like online course content and all that. But that video, we got her saying it. I highly recommend Lewis with Eight Figure Firm. They grew my company from 700K a year, 2.4 million yeah. in six months. He started posting that video. His business, by the way, is almost at eight figures. Like his lead law firm is at over $50 million in revenue right now. So I saw how he single handedly kept growing these people's businesses with what he calls his ratios 36%. Employees, 25% marketing, 10% operations, and then the rest is revenue. The reason why people can't grow is because they spend too much money on themselves, right? And not enough money on marketing. So we started doing marketing for Audrey, Charlotte, all of these different people. And we were seeing these people grow. Like Audrey's at past eight, she's at eight figures, Charlotte's at eight figures. And so all of this due to the amount of marketing spend that they're putting. And usually businesses are like, if you ask them, oh, what's a good marketing spend? They're like three, 4%. So when I tell them 25%, mind blown. They don't even know it. But that is how people are scaling. So if you're making $100,000 a year, I mean, a month, 25,000 of that a month is going to marketing. And he grew this business like wildfire. So that story is something that I tell all of my prospects when they're coming through because I'm also a client of his. And he helped me grow my business from like $69,000 a year in revenue. And that's steady from 2016 to 2020. I was at $69,000 a year in revenue. And within a year's time, I hit half a million dollars. And then the next year, seven figures, but just using those and the story, just using that model. And when this guy is telling these stories and you start seeing the case studies and he's not just saying, oh, this attorney did this and this attorney. No, her name is Audrey Chisholm. She did this. Her name is Charlotte Christian. She did this, right? When you start hearing that and you see it and you can verify, that's it. You're going to close the deal. 
That's awesome, man. Armando, I can yeah. talk. I mean, I love storytelling, man. That's been a passion for me. I've been looking for storytelling courses for my daughters. To that extent, I'm crazy about storytelling because I think the world yeah. of AI and everything, that's one thing that AI will never be able to take us from. Take from us is telling a great story that yeah, resonates with people and pushes the message, right? I don't think that's ever going to be, at least in our lifetimes, I don't think that can be dehumanized anytime soon. But Armando, thank right. you again for your time, buddy. If people want to learn about you and what you do more, where can they find you? You can go to the socialmarketingking.com. Everything has intentionality in your business. Can you say that one more time? The socialmarketingking.com or the socialmarketingking.com. I had both of them. I'm getting my car wrapped and I wanted to put it on there and I had put Leduc Entertainment and I showed some people at an airport that didn't know me. I said, what do you think I do? And they're like, oh, music, concerts. And I was like, oof, that's not right. So I went back to the truck guy and I was like, hey man, can you change this? Because it's not really hitting. And a happy accident, he came up with the social marketing king and it was available. Mm. Like I bought it. I was like, what? So I just, all right, cool. We're going to go with the social marketing king. Awesome, man. We'll so. make sure it's included along with all the beautiful resources that you had mentioned before during this recording. So again, Amanda, yeah. appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you for sharing a lot of your insights. And I'm very serious about doing a series with you on storytelling. Awesome, buddy. Cool. Thanks for Thank having you. me, man. My great to our listeners, it is possible that you could defer paying high tax bill by completing a 1031 exchange and invest your real estate capital gains into a qualified replacement property. My friend, Ray DeWitt at Bangerter Financials is your single point of contact for 1031 exchanges and tax saving strategies. To learn more, call him at 801-312-9482. That's 801-312-9482. Or visit his website at 1031.bangerterfinancial.com forward slash 1031 guy. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.